And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Joining me, Peggy Stanton. This is our weekly look at this coming Sunday's gospel reading. It's from uh, uh, Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. I'll uh, read it right now, and then Peggy will uh, begin uh, unpacking it for us uh, as she's examined the catechism. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing, ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Well, Peggy, uh, great to have you with <laughs> <Strong> us. Strong again. <laughs> it, it's a, it's again a tough a tough reading here. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me uh, what you were uh, what you could pick up uh, through well, the catechism I, on it. Yeah, the catechism. I think it was uh, last week where I said uh, we resent every uh, went to theologians because there was not a great deal about in the catechism, but this this week it's different. Uh, there was a lot. I don't know that we can get to all of this, but there were a great deal in the catechism about the last judgment. And um, I've, I thought, you know, since this gospel is so strong, a teaching on exercising the works of mercy as well as mm-hmm. being aware that we are going to be judged by our Maker in that last judgment, we should contemplate that. Uh, so I thought maybe we would review just what um, uh, the works of mercy are. And um, it defines them as charitable actions by which we come to the aid of our neighbor in his spiritual and bodily necessities, instructing, advising, consoling, comforting our spiritual works of mercy as our forgiving and bearing wrongs patiently. The corporal works of mercy consist especially in feeding the hungry, sheltering the homeless, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, 
and imprisoned and burying the dead. But among all these, giving alms to the poor is one of the chief witnesses to fraternal charity. It's also a work of justice, pleasing to God. And James uh, is quite stern in this. James uh, 2.15 calls us to account when he counsels. He who has two coats, let him share with him who has none. Mm. Good grief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all going to have to rush to our closets and empty out a few coats in there. We, we do have, by comparison with the poor, we do have excess. We do. Mm-hmm. And I must say, that worries me a lot. You know, I, I think... It, yeah. Our Lord does speak, as you and I have talked about, he speaks in hyperbole and so... But... Uh, but this doesn't seem to be hyperbole. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think this is um, stone cold sober truth, uh, and uh, it, it it's clearly intended to bring his listeners up short, mm-hmm. uh, so they can r- examine their conscience, examine mm-hmm. their lives, and uh, and their closets, <laughs> and their closets, <laughs> and reorient their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm so that uh, they can serve uh, more effectively all of these who he lists as in need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the gospel speaks of um, Christ coming in his glory with all of his angels. I mean, picture that, really. Uh, what an amazing sight that will be. Um, and this paragraph three. But you'd like you'd like to see it in a good conscience. <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> yeah, you. Otherwise, you're hiding behind a rock somewhere. Right. <laughs> um, but the but the catechism reflects on the angels who will accompany the Lord when He returns, and they point out that. Christ is the center of the angelic world. I don't think I had thought of that hmm. before. That the angels are his angels. They belong to him because they were cre- created through him and for him. And they belong to him because he has made them messengers of his saving plan. And to cite just a few instances uh, when they acted serving the divine plan they closed the earthly paradise yeah, that's right yeah they protected lot mm-hmm. they saved hagar and her child and they stayed abraham's hand as he was about to slay his son isaac mm-hmm. uh, they announced births and callings of course the most famous being the announcement to mary that she was to become the mother of jesus yeah um and then, and then par- paragraph 678, um, following in the footsteps of the prophets, it says, and John the Baptist, Jesus announced the judgment of the last day in his preaching. Then will the conduct of each one and the secret of hearts be brought to light. Then will culpable unbelief that counted the author of God's grace as nothing be condemned. That's that's mm. that's something to cogitate on. That. Yeah. The culpable unbelief that counted the offer of God's grace as nothing yeah. will be condemned. And you know how many times have all of us and 
some people more than others, have just discounted um, God's grace. Well, the, the in Greek, the word for blasphemy uh, means uh, to count as common. In other mm-hmm. words, as not sacred, as uh, profane. Um, it's it's uh, and that's what this reminds me of, where you look at God's offer mm-hmm. as nothing, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he offers it today; he'll offer it tomorrow, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's that's a form of blasphemy. Hmm. Well, and then uh, how many times do we get a little nudge to do something particularly charitable? For instance, and it mentioned our attitude about our neighbor will disclose acceptance or refusal of grace and divine love. You know, uh, how, for instance, I don't know that we think of that as an offer of grace. Um someone approaches about uh, for for a favor whether it's a, a conversation mm. or money or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. and we get a little nudge we should um help that person yeah but we may get may feel turned off and we don't do it and th- again this is where mother teresa was the great icon mm-hmm. of ministering to christ in his most distressing mm-hmm. disguise uh, and I think the the message for all of us there, well, there are multiple messages, but one of them certainly is that when faced with uh, those in need, mm-hmm. um, it's, we are actually given, is an opportunity for us to utilize the grace we've been given mm-hmm. to minister to Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. And I think most of us, even if we're engaged in helping out in various places, you know, soup kitchens, um, mm-hmm. uh, St. Vincent de Paul, uh, society, things of that sort, probably think that we're helping people, but we don't think that we're helping Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And what a difference that would make. Yeah. 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 Uh, paragraph 679 says, Christ is Lord of eternal life, full right to pass definitive judgment on the works and hearts of men belong to him as redeemer of the world. He acquired this right by his cross. The Father has given all judgment to the Son, yet the Son did not come to judge, but to save and to give the life he has in himself. By rejecting grace in this life, one already judges oneself uh, receives according to one's works and can even condemn oneself for all eternity by rejecting the spirit of love. And when he comes at the end of time to judge the living and the dead, the glorious Christ will reveal the secret disposition of hearts and will render to each man according to his works and according to the acceptance or refusal of grace. This is stressed a lot about um, the acceptance or refusal of grace in yeah. in these paragraphs, and I don't know that one thinks of that. You, we think of committing sin, but we don't think of not accepting grace. Right? Do you think? Yeah. Right. And I think one of the reasons they're stressing grace here is because these passages are are so stark; mm-hmm. they're so black and white. 
mm-hmm. sheep and goats, darkness and light, that human nature uh, can become obsessed with this and and begin to think that uh, everything rests on us to mm-hmm. you know to fix this to do that mm-hmm. um, and that's not what Jesus is expecting of us he's expecting us to move gracefully uh, into this service because we mm-hmm. are ministering to him mm-hmm. and I think that keeps it from becoming uh, kind of an obsessive nagging I mean this you can you can be nagged like with this stuff mm-hmm. right I mean yeah. there's no there's no end I can remember waking up at two o'clock in the morning once and thinking I should go witness to my next door neighbor <laughs> which I did I went over did there you? knocked on the door oh you're kidding no no he wasn't <laughs> home <laughs> he wasn't home thank you him yeah huh? <laughs> but I've, I've that's obsessed I thought that me being compulsive that, yeah you know yes I think and scrupulous yeah I think yeah. I think when you um begin to take God and life very seriously you you have to be a little careful of that scrupulosity that can enter into it yeah. um, I've had that I've had that same reaction to certain things um, it says that um, We've got about a minute, Peggy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> There's a, way too much stuff. Um, I, th- I think what I come away with here, and maybe you do too, is um, the stress so much in the catechism about the fact that we must um, treat our neighbor uh, as we would treat ourselves, and uh, that, that that is where maybe the heaviest judgment will come in. Uh, We tend to think, oh, the person who commits adultery or some other perversion, uh, they're the big sinners. But if you read over this, those of us who uh, neglect our neighbor uh, and charity and almsgiving are going to be maybe even more severely judged. Well, they're lifestyles of neglect. (laughs) There's it, yeah. They're not just a single moment of lapsing. Yeah, um, but uh, d- Peggy, thanks. And you're right; there was a lot of material here we didn't get to, but uh, we'll have it available in the online in, in the Crested Guest Archive for people, so they can follow up on it. Happy Thanksgiving, and to you. <laughs> <laughs>